Harvest, take your seats and grab your Bible. I wanted those words, grab your Bible, to be the first words I said up here. Because that's what we are about, right? Grab your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 1. Wow, what an amazing day, huh? An amazing day harvest. And I think the predominant question that continues just to go through my mind is, how do we process this? I mean, seriously, how do we process all of this? That's what we're going to be talking about today. And say it in a sentence, I would say it this way. We process all of this by knowing the purpose of all of this. We process all of this by knowing the purpose for all of this. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a run through scripture here and we're going to get a grasp of how to grab a hold of all this. What is our purpose here in this place? Because there is a purpose for this place. Go to Genesis 1. Look at verse 1. In the beginning, you read it to me. What? Okay, friends, we are here for a divine purpose. God is behind why we are here. You are not here because you just decided to be here. You are here because God is behind you being here, existing in in anything, correct? Look at Genesis chapter 1. Go to day 6. Because after verse 1, there was day 1, then there was day 2, then there was day 3, then there was day 4, then there was day 5, then there was day what? Look at verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them, and God blessed them. That's sweet. But God said something to them. This is absolutely critical. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. What does God ask for? What does God ask of the two people that he so far has on this amazing place called the earth? He has a call to them, a purpose for them. Uh, Let me sum it up in one word. More. God is telling Adam and Eve, I want more of you. I want more like you. I want more who glorify me. I want more for my glory. I also want more for you to be able to understand and and, and know what it is to live in the glory of your creator. More. Guys, more. That's what he told Adam and Eve. By the way, let me just make sure we understand this. That means not just a single cluster of people, not just a church of people, not a city of people, not a state of people, not a nation of people, not a continent of people, an earth of people that are glorifying him. That's what God wanted them to do. So let me sum it this way. God put a people, Adam and Eve, in a place, Eden, with a purpose. By the way, have you ever thought about that? Man, to be Adam and Eve, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Just to be able to be in Eden, the Garden of Eden. I mean, it had to be like no weeds, you know, no no bugs and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it had to be awesome. And you just stay there the whole time. That was not God's design. They were in Eden, but they were to be people that are reaching the earth, right? 
Their place was a sending base place. That was God's design. That's Genesis chapter 1. We start from the very beginning. Turn over to Genesis chapter 9. We, we had a, a go ahead some generations. We come to the time of Noah. We are actually in Genesis chapter 9 post the flood. Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. God is there with Noah and he says, and God blessed Noah and his sons and he said to them (laughs) the exact same thing that he said to Adam and Eve. I mean, really, when you do something once and maybe it doesn't go so well and then you go and do something again, don't you usually revise it? Not God. He really, he starts all over. He hits control, all delete. Do you even do that anymore nowadays? Control, all delete. And, and then he's like starting all over and he says the exact same thing. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So here we go. Two times now. God has a people. This time it's Noah and his family. And he puts them in a place. We could say the earth. We could say Mount Ararat. Says in chapter 8. But for the same purpose. God says he wants more for him. More people living in his glory. Friends, there's no better place than that. Let's keep going. Turn a page to Genesis 12. Now we're to Abraham. Starting out as Abram, uh, Genesis chapter 12, look at verses 1 through 3. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, by the way, God just like showed up on this dude. I mean, literally, Abram is not out walking around looking for Yahweh. Abram is just out doing life and Yahweh shows up in his life. And he says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, from your kindred, from your father's house to a what? To a land. That I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth. A people, Abram and Sarah, and a place that God is going to show them, for impacting the world purpose. Are, are we kind of getting an idea that there's a, a common flow of what God wants done? Well, let's keep on going. Turn to Exodus 19. I'm sorry, Exodus 6. Exodus 6. We're at Moses' time. Moses here at the burning bush. Moses is out walking around. Moses is not looking for Yahweh, just like Abram. Moses is out and God shows up in his life. Bam! In a bush. In a burning bush. God is so creative. And here he is, a burning bush, blowing Moses' sandals off, literally. Verse 6, chapter 6, and he says, Say therefore to the people of Israel, to the people, Say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. 
And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I from them and I will redeem you. That's cool, isn't it? God is a redeeming God. I will pull you out of. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people. That's personal, friends. I'll take you to be my people. And I will be your God. That's personal. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abram and Isaac and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. A people with a place. Go to Exodus 19 now. Exodus 19. Because let's get a little bit more uh, understanding of, of what the purpose in this place is supposed to be about. Exodus chapter 19. Moses and the Israelites, they have, God has redeemed them out from being slaves in Egypt. They are now at, at the foot of Mount Sinai. Uh, they are there and we pick up uh, verse uh, end of verse 2, chapter 19, it says, There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings. Just grab a hold of that picture for a second, by the way. God is there, and his people have been slaves for 400 years, and God's just like... Hop on. However that goes. (laughs) I mean, I got to tell you, I enjoy flying, but being like strapped on an eagle's back, that rocks. On eagle's wings. And I brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Interesting. So, a people with a place having a God-given purpose. And here we see this purpose is that they would be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Now, probably right now you're thinking in your mind, a kingdom, well, a kingdom has walls and it's probably a beautiful kingdom because like God's, you know, bringing them there. And he comes in, this is God's kingdom and his people are there. And this has got to be like an awesome place with awesome walls around it. And it's probably got to be this awesome place with awesome walls around it where everybody just hunkers down and, and it's like, party for the rest of our lives together, right? This is all internal. Keep them away from me. Let's just be about us and God. And it, That's not at all what this is talking about. Not at all. Uh, let's think about this for a minute. 
Because this is not a like pastoral retreat center, thank the Lord, where everybody goes and hangs out. This is not camp. This is not Christian camp where everybody goes and just gets away. This is not a commune. Think about this. A kingdom of priests. Let's hang on that term just for a minute here. A kingdom of priests. Well, the priests at that time, as they were known, they were descendants of Aaron, uh, the right-hand guy of Moses. And they're descendants of Aaron. And at that time, how it worked is they were freed up by the people for the purpose of reaching and teaching others. Uh, That was their whole purpose of it. And so here they are in this where at this time, all of the people are supporting the priests so that they don't have to spend their time in the daily duties that needs to happen, especially back in that day. I mean, there was no Walmart. There was no Kroger just to go grab food. They had a lot of work to do just to survive. But the priests were freed up, kind of like, by the way, thank you that us as pastors are able to be freed up from a lot of things. But now think about that. If that was the case, and if this was a kingdom of priests, a kingdom of priests would die because they are to be freed up to reach and to teach others. And if it was an entire kingdom of priests, no one would survive after a while because no one was taking care of the daily affairs of things. The kingdom of priests is not an internal thing. Now add to that a holy nation. A holy, 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 holy. Uh, Set apart, set apart, set apart. Put those two together. A kingdom of priests really means people that are going out. People that are reaching out to teach other people. That's what is being talked about here. It is not an internal thing. It is a go out thing. And when they go out, they are to be set apart. They're not to get caught up in all the cultural riffraff stuff that's going on and moving around and changing. No, no, no. They are set apart people under the Lord, reaching and teaching the nations. Because that's been God's goal from day one, literally. Or day six, literally. A people with a place... With a purpose. The purpose defines the use of the place. And God was never intending until heaven for his people to be a cluster in and of and about themselves only. It was always a going out. It was always a reaching out. Set apart. Sent out. With that, let's go to Joshua 1. Joshua, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Sixth book of the Old Testament, not too far to the right from where you were at in Exodus. Joshua. Well, we spent a good part of this last year in the book of Joshua, didn't we? Truly one of my very favorite series that we've done in the last six years. 
learning just what's happening and what God was doing. And, and now that we have what we've just talked about under our belt from day six all the way through to this period of time with Moses. So we've got uh, uh, Adam and Eve, Noah, we've got Abraham, we, we've got Moses, we've got the Moses and the Israelite people. Now we jump in and something really cool is about to happen and that is they're about to go into the land that God talked about with Abram. It's been about 750 years since Genesis 12 and when God told Abram, I'm going to give you some land. By the way, God's not in a rush. It's been about 50-ish years since Exodus 19 at Mount Sinai. It's been 40 years of wandering in the desert so that a generation of God's people actually would die off. And now it's time. It's time to enter. And look at Joshua chapter 1. Let me pick up verse 2. How are they thinking? How is God helping them to think about how they are to be stepping into their place? Verse 2, chapter 1. Moses, my servant, is dead, Joshua. Now therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to you, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward the going down shall be your territory. God's laying out the boundaries. Verse 5, now man shall be able to stand, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Let's just pause there. What's God saying? Here as he's having this conversation with Joshua, what is God giving him here? What is he laying down here? How are they entering? I would start out with saying one word, enter face down. Enter face down. Why enter face down? Because it's God's place. It's not theirs, but it is theirs. He said they're giving it. Yes, he's giving it to them, but he's giving it to them. He can't give if he doesn't own it. God is giving it to his people. And it's God's place. And the only reason that they have it is because the one who owns it in his grace has given it to them. Look at verse 2 and 3. Also, by the way, verse 11 and verse 15, God says, I have given it to you. By the way, may I just remind you in the timeline of redemptive history with Israel that not only can God give them land, but God means that he can also take it back. Enter face down because it's God's given place, friends. Let's know this right now. One of the most marvelous things about this whole journey coming to this day is that we get to be a part of what God is doing. God has allowed this. Yeah, but Doug, I gave up a vacation and I gave up some zeros. I gotcha. But God has allowed that to happen. Face down. 
face down because it's God's place. And I also just want to know, we enter face down because it's about God's presence. It's about God's power and his presence. Look at verse 5. He says, I will be with you. That's awesome. Not only is that awesome, that's necessary. Otherwise, frankly, they're just like everybody else. I mean, what's the difference then between this place and Target and Walmart and anywhere? A place is only a big deal in the reality of the purpose of God's purposes if God's power and presence is there. Oh God, may it be here. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But hear me on this. We clearly see in the scriptures that his manifest presence is not everywhere. And oh God, here. Harvest, this is our place, but it's not our place. And just straight up with you, there are going to be times when all of us want to make this place our place, your place, my place. My ways, our timeline, my preferences, my purposes. But that's face on us. That's face on me. We're to go face down before him. Because this is his place. And it's about his power and presence. Here's what I want to do just for a moment. I want us to pause and go face down. I'm just going to ask everybody in the room. Everybody in the room, if you just bow your head. I don't know if you want to just turn around and kneel if you want to. Just don't spill your coffee. I don't know if you want to raise your hand up, but we're just going to go face down for a moment here. I want us to go face down in joy. God has given us this place. Stunning. I want us to go with awe face down. Friends, God has allowed us to have this place. God has. Also, just as we're here in this position... We go face down in humility. This is God's place for his purposes. It's about his power and presence. I'm just going to say we are going to enter with patience. down.
this is a beautiful place to be where we're at right now. Let us love it. Face down. We enter face down and also we enter on mission. We enter on mission. We enter face down and we enter on mission. Chapter 1, verse 5, let's pick up at verse 6. After God says, I will be with you, I will not leave you or forsake you. Notice these next three words, very, very interesting. Be strong and courageous. I love these guys on this middle screen. Man, I'm telling you, these dudes are studs. I so wish that was me. And it should be. And it should be you as well, warriors. Warrioresses for God. Be strong and courageous. Verse 6, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers and give them. Only be strong and very courageous, uh, buddy, if you haven't heard me the first time. Uh, be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. This is what strong and courageous looks like, by the way. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. And by the way, that doesn't mean lots of cash and a great job. That means you will have success with the purpose that I've put on the plate for you. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? In case, just one more time. Be strong and courageous. And yet I love this. God knows us. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Joshua commanded the officers of the people pass through the midst of the camp and command the people prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess on mission means strength and courage on mission uh, first means that we're to be a people of strength and courage Uh, We see it in verse 6, we see it in verse 7, we see it in verse 9. By the way, look at the end of chapter 1, only be strong and very courageous. Friends, we're not entering Disneyland. We're not entering Christian camp. We're not entering, we made it. Now chill it and kick back and take it easy. We're warriors and we are in war still. We just got a cooler place to work from. 
And with great blessing comes great responsibility. With increased blessing comes increased responsibility. And when the Israelites entered their place, I don't think they had a sign on their building. I don't think they had furniture in their lobby. They probably had a dimly lit auditorium seating area. By the way, one of the things that is so cool and ironic about all this, for six years I've had a hard time seeing my Bible up here and you've been able to see yours well. And now <laughs> and now the joke's on you. <laughs> That's not in my notes. But it'll come around. But God gave them a place. A place where they could be able to solidify themselves into. Why? For the purpose that God had intended from day six. To multiply and to reproduce and to reach and teach. To be a kingdom of priests out to the world. A holy nation of people set apart. It's always been the same since the very beginning. And now they have this place that God had promised them. And it's so interesting because it's not a call to be strong and courageous in yourself. Hey, Harvest, do know this. This is not a time for you and I to all of a sudden go, we are awesome. This is not the time. It starts with face down first. Strong and courageous is tied to the fact that God says right before it in verse 5, I will be with you. I will never leave you. Therefore, be strong and courageous out of that. The only reason we can be strong and courageous and have confidence and like, let's take on hell, friends, is because God is God. That's the only reason. And this is not a call to be strong and courageous in ourself. As we look in the text, this is a call to be strong and courageous in obedience to the word of God. That's what verses 7, 8, 9 say. To be strong and courageous coming out of men and women and, and teens and kids that are strong in God's word. And strong in the power and presence of God, not in the power and the presence of you and I. Again, verse 9, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Take possession of the land that the Lord God is giving you, verse 11. (laughs) Strength and courage. Let's be a strength and courage people. On mission means being a strength and courage people. On mission also means being a together people. Look at Joshua chapter 3, verse 2. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you hear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow. Remember when we went through this passage? Ah, this is awesome. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. How long is that? Half mile. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. That's interesting. They don't know what they're doing where they're going. I mean, they don't know what's going on over there. They don't know their place. 
They're just stepping in. It's all new. Verse 5, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Friends, it's a together reality. On mission means strength and courage and together. Here in God's people are consecrating themselves together. Designed to watch God do a work together. Designed to walk together. Designed to go together. Designed to be unified together. Designed to be in awe of God together. The Christian life was never meant to be lived alone. Never. Never. Christian life was meant to be lived in togetherness, in community, with God's people gathering together and doing together. I need you, and you need each other and me. That's the way God designed us to be. A a, a people that's on mission is a people that has strength and courage, and together an army of one is the most ridiculous concept ever. Because an army of one can be taken out really easy. On mission means strong and courageous. On mission means together and third and last. On mission includes being a remembering people. Look at Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter (laughs) 4. They've crossed the flooding Jordan. Verse 19, the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Pause. Big deal. Big deal, actually. Tenth day of the first month, you can sometime go to Exodus chapter 12. When did Passover occur? Tenth day, first month. Listen, friends, God has the details all figured out. And he's bringing his people, having them cross over the Jordan River when? On Passover day. He could have had it done the day before, the week before, the months before. But no, no, God's got it right on cue. He's got it right on time, right on time, even though it was 750 years since he told Abram, I'm giving him a land. No, no, no. He's got it right on time. That's why that stated there. So that we understand the link. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Bam, God's got it. And they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. He said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Uh, you can go back and read earlier in chapter 4, and God had told them as they crossed, the ark is in the middle of the flood in Jordan River. Everybody else steps on, by the way, what kind of ground? Dry, dry ground. <laughs> That's cool. Step on dry ground, and the ark is there, and then they, God tells them to go ahead and grab 12 stones and, to, and, and, and to, to build a memorial with stones. Why? Here's Why? For the Lord your God, I'm sorry, uh, I'm too excited. What do these stones mean? Verse 22. Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. Not ground, not wet ground, not mushy ground, not like light ground. We're talking dry ground, baby. (laughs) It's a big deal. On dry ground, 
Verse 23, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. Do you see the link? Why the uh, 10th day of the first month? God's correlating it to what he's saying here. It's all tied together, friends. There's a redemption story that's going on and God's got it all in perfect cue. And he's involving his people, and that includes a place for them and a purpose for them in all of it. Verse 24, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Why is God giving them this place? So that the world would know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. When you think of the promised land, please do not think of promised land was intended to be this sweet little, you know, cupcake place where everybody can just hang out together and watch a Super Bowl. By the way, the Super Bowl's dead. Totally forgot. Sorry, that's not my notes. (laughs) It's not just a hangout time. The promised land was to be a sending base place because that was God's purpose for that place. They're to be a remembering people. And I just want to say this. We need to be a remembering people. Half a mile east. God did a work in our lives. A number of people's lives. I rejoice in that. We'll never see a movie there without remembering. Never. And looking back is important to looking forward. And last Sunday, we spent some time looking back. But we look back to look forward so that we remember what God has done and the sweet things there and the work that God had shown and done in that place, God can do here and increasingly so. We need to be a remembering place. And in order to process all this, we need to remember. But here's what I would ask you to remember. Adam and Eve was put in Eden to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. I would ask that we would remember that Noah and his family was put in a place to be fruitful and multiply to fill the earth. Abram and Sarah, they were put in a certain time and a place that they would be given a nation to all the earth. And they never saw it come to fruition, but God knows. I would ask us to remember Moses, that there were to be a set-apart people, priests of the world. Uh, By the way, 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us that we are to be that kind of a people. It's not just Old Testament. Joshua and the Israelites, they enter face down and on mission. Let me also remind you as I wrap this up, Matthew 28. Jesus Christ, before he ascended back into heaven, said, therefore, go and make disciples of your peeps. No, 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 no. Of what? Bear with me. Under this flooring, 
passages and prayers written by the worship team. I will never forget what's under here. Right here. And I do mean right here. A young man who came to Christ on the very day that we came over here to write on this floor wrote, I came to Christ today and he gave his praise to the Lord for it. Right there. Right here and right here. I kid you not. Two families with their little kids crawling on the floor writing things. I will never forget that. And right here, I mean right here, a teen wrote how God had done a work in his or her life, I don't even know, and wrote, I pray the same would happen to my parents. That's what we're talking about. a people with a place and we've got a purpose. Right? Face down on mission harvest. Here we go. Buckle up. Lord God, we come before you in awe and adoration. Lord God, we come here on a very special day. You know why it's special. Because this is our first day in this place. And it's a place that you've given to us. And we rejoice in that reality. It's your place. yet it's our place. A people with a place on purpose. Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Isaiah 26, your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Ephesians 3, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think. According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Strong and courageous. Together. And remembering we march on.
More, Lord. More of you, Lord. More for your glory, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.